Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We're going to be, uh, this is going to be episode 19 today. Uh, we are glad to be back with you after a couple technical difficulties uh, with a few of our recordings uh, since our last episode. And today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the peace that the Lord gives us, uh, the peace that surpasses understanding, uh, the peace that we can pass and show to our enemies and going to be in a few different passages, unpacking what that means, especially uh, just given um, how circumstances at times uh, can lead us to be fearful of what may come or what is happening. Um, And so we're going to be talking about what the peace of the Lord and how God speaks into those things. Uh, So Steve, you want to kick us off there? Yeah, thanks for tuning in again, uh, like you mentioned. And this last Sunday, we had some technical difficulties during our gathering, even, and the sermon was not recorded. So we're going to kind of jump to John 14, which is a passage that I talked about in the sermon, and kind of recap just a small portion of it uh, to kind of jump off of uh, from that message to today. Um, John 14, 25 through 27 is uh, one of the main passages from last Sunday. And Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Obviously, he's speaking to the disciples that are present in that moment. And then he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. And so Jesus is fully aware of the fact that his followers are about to undergo some severe, well, trials in life. And as we consider our own lives as well, and some things that we may uh, have to go through, there there oftentimes the response to those trials or temptations or struggles in life in general would be for us to become afraid. And it's in that fear that we lose our peace because we no longer understand that God is still in control, um, that his will will play out according uh, to what he desires to have happen. Um, and so when we, when fear creeps in and we don't quite see the plan, we don't understand why things may be going sideways, then we lose our peace. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We talked about it some Sunday, and we want to spend some time uh, today really kind of digging into what does it mean to have peace? What is shalom? What is it that Jesus left with us? Um and then also, you know, how does fear play a role in, in where we stand with peace? Um, and so, Jordan, any thoughts on John 14 as you kind of look through that passage there? Yeah, so we mentioned this a couple times in the last few weeks, but this is the farewell discourse. As you mentioned, Jesus is talking to, to his disciples. He's preparing them for uh, his death and that he's going to go away and when he says, I, I go away, there's going to be a helper that comes. And I just think about uh, verse, just to think about the context there. Peace, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And, you know, when, when fear creeps into our own lives, um, it can we can read something like that and be like, all right, that sounds... Great. It sounds great in theory, but it's really hard to put into practice. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like when Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. You're like, 
okay, you know, it's not, so it can be difficult. It can sound like too good to be true. And just to remind ourselves of the context that the disciples are facing, Jesus says just two chapters later at the beginning of John 16, he tells them there's coming a day where, you know, people are going to, um, they're going to take your life. They're going to take my life and say that they're doing the will of the Lord. It's John 16 verse two. He says, they will put out, put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the father or me. And so he's like, there's literally this day coming where people are going to take your life. People are going to harm you physically. People are going to persecute you because of me. And they think they're offering service to the father. And so that would be a very confusing and fearful and scary thing to be involved in. And it's right in this context that Jesus says, don't let your hearts be afraid. Uh, Hold on to this peace that I give to you. So I think just the context that Jesus delivers that to the disciples in, I mean, they were, they faced persecution in a way that we have not. And so just keeping that in mind. Yeah. And, um, with what you just mentioned as well, just to remind us that it was good. The persecution was to be done because they had their faith in Jesus and were speaking in his name. Mm. So the question I asked Sunday was like, when persecution does arrive and things do go sideways, can we, can we do a reflection to make sure that it it was like Mm. happening because we're doing things in his name and not our own as well. Um, but yeah, so we want to live in such a way that, um, Christ is proclaimed, through word and deed and action and love, and that uh, when they do persecute us, it is because we are living out his will mm-hmm. uh, and not our own in that moment. But yeah, uh, what other texts did you have to uh, kind of talk about when it comes to fear and peace and uh, the likes? Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump over to Philippians 4. That's where we'll, we'll go first, and I'm just going to read verses 4 through 7. This is... Uh, The phrase, the peace that surpasses understanding, uh, comes from. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And there it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a passage that is often quoted for good reason. There's a lot of hope in it and a lot of promise from God, um, written by Paul here. And one thing I want to point out is, um, you know, we kind of like with what Jesus told them, like, let your hearts not be troubled. It's like he's saying that to his disciples who are going to lose their master. And it's like, it sounds too good to be true. And sometimes when we talk about Paul, what Paul's saying here about do not be anxious about anything, we miss out what's right before verse 6. The Lord is at hand. And so he's saying, don't be anxious because God is present. Don't be anxious because God is with you. He goes on to say, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so when fear, when anxiety rises in our hearts, um, when we begin to be concerned about the th- the things that are happening in this world, in our own lives, um, to a degree that it distracts us from the Lord, how then can we, in those moments, shift and bring our requests to God? Like take our anxiety and our fear and put it into prayer and bring it before him. Um, 
And when we do that, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard both your hearts and your minds. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that's the promise that comes after making our requests made known to him. Um, And that idea that it surpasses understanding, like it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like the eye of a hurricane. You know, imagine yourself standing in the eye of a hurricane. Like, you know, there's mass chaos just going on all around you. Like it, but in the eye, it's calm. Mm-hmm. There's no rain. I've never been in the eye of a hurricane, <laughs> so I can't speak from experience. We do live in the Midwest. Right. I wouldn't want to be in the middle of a tornado, um, but the eye of a hurricane is calm and peaceful and is God's peace in the storm, it's a peace that surpasses understanding. It doesn't make sense that the eye of the hurricane is calm. You would think the the heart of something would be where it's most chaotic. Um, but that's the peace that God wants to give us when and if we make our requests made known to him. So what do you think? Yeah, I think um, that la- the, the last part that you put the accent on, I'm in agreement with you for sure. Uh, the the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that the object of your love is what's at play here. So if 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 I'm anxious, it's usually because the object of my love has either transitioned or my eyes and hearts focus towards something else that is temporary, and that is not fixed, that can be rocked. Uh, all those things. That's when peace leaves. Is when something's temporary, or you know, my eyes go off, my mind and heart goes off of God. And so He's reminding us the fact that He is to be the object of our faith. And when he's the object of our faith, then there's a solid rock there. And so peace is present because it's a fixed uh, foundation that we can stand on at that point, knowing that God is who he says he is. He's above all, uh, beyond all, and everything along those lines. And so um, when my mind is scattered, and it happens, you know, and when my heart begins to become uh, faint when it comes to what's going on in this world, and I lose sight of what God is up to, uh, it, it mo- a lot of times anxiety, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times it exists um, because the object of my faith has moved or transitioned. Um, and I have to re reallocate my heart and mind back towards him being the author and finisher of my faith. And he's the foundation, the rock, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Um, but I, it also brings us back to what we've been focusing on up to the last 21 days, up till Sunday, um, prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and just a reminder, the four P's, <laughs> right? <laughs> People, problems, perceptions, and praise. And, they, and they're kind of covered right in that very text, actually, if you reread it again. Mm. Um, you know, it reminds us of the fact that do not be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm. And so it kind of refocuses our hearts back to understanding that if you want peace, you go to God. Uh, we bring all of our issues back to God, knowing that he uh, is in control. And it just settles our hearts and minds back into Christ Jesus and away from uh, the thing that has captured our hearts and minds. So, mm. yeah, that's that's what goes through my mind, especially when it comes to peace. Uh, peace is fleeting, oftentimes when my eyes and mind and heart go off mm. of, uh, of off of God. So, um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that text before we jump? Just a question I had, and I'm not sure I know the answer. And well, I this not, is dangerous. This then. is dangerous. Yeah. How much of our experience of peace is dependent upon us, and how much of it is dependent on God? Yeah. I don't know. I'd say yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, we definitely play a role in it, right? Mm-hmm. You, like you mentioned, and when your your heart and mind gets shifted off of him and his kingdom. 
Yeah, and the interesting thing, we talked about this in Sunday school. I don't think we talked about it in the gathering, but um, how God would would allow certain things to happen to the Israelites mm. where their peace was disrupted mm-hmm. so that he could regain their hearts and minds even. So, right. And I'm, it's a slippery slope when you start going down that path very sure. far. Obviously, any abuse or anything along those lines is not right. It's evil. Uh, but God would allow, at times, the nation of Israel to go through a large-scale event to recapture their hearts. So mm-hmm. they would, they would, their peace um, would be interrupted or disrupted. And so that they would then through that process of disruption, uh, have to recalculate what it is they've been leaning on. And then hopefully through the prophets and those who were speaking on behalf of the Lord would be able to recapture the, the nation of Israel's hearts and minds back towards mm. God. I want to be very careful. That's a nation, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think I totally agree I think he'll he'll disrupt at times when it needs to be shaken. I heard something recently. Um, it was talking. I think it was talking about preaching and just like the word and how the spirit uses it. <clears throat> and a goal is to uh, comfort the uncomfortable and disrupt the comfortable. You know, like mm-hmm. like God is seeking to comfort those who need it, but those who have almost become comfortable, like you're saying in the context where of Israel, where things needed to be shaken up mm-hmm. so they can get their eyes back on the Lord, He disrupted it. Um, as far as like our own experience of peace, I think it, part of it definitely depends on us. I think part of it is definitely an aspect of waiting on the Lord, like we've been talking about as well. You know, um, I just think I will I will wait for you the song we've been singing out of Psalm 130 mm-hmm. um, just gets right there. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. Definitely not exhaustive. <laughs> no, we don't have time to exhaust. <laughs> right. All right. So yeah. we have a few minutes here. Well, speaking of which Romans 12, I'm mm-hmm. going to jump there because it does. It. Yeah. It, it actually goes with this talking about um, blessed, uh, bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse them. So the assumption even with Paul in this moment is mm-hmm. that you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be persecuted. Jesus actually says, don't be shocked, you know, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Uh, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. So bless those who curse you, basically, right? Persecute you. Mm-hmm. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Neither be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. And of course that the onus is like, you've got to do your part to the extreme. You do everything you can. And then if peace isn't accept, is not accepted and whatnot, then that's on them. But you do everything you can do uh, to remain in unity. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. It doesn't say sometimes or try not to. It says never avenge yourselves, mm-hmm. but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I, w- I will repay, says the Lord. It's a promise. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, and this is where the Holy Spirit has to do all the work for me, at least, feed him. So if, my, if I see my enemy down and out, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become do not be overcome by evil, rather, but overcome evil with good. And I, speaking of peace in the midst of all this, because um, when when you see your enemy mocking you, you want revenge. Like, no, you're not going to talk to me that way, you know. Um, and then the flip side being when you see your enemy down, then you want to cheer and 
and do worse to them, like keeping them down. And uh, so it's interesting because as far as it goes, he says, do everything you can do to live at peace with them. Mm. Um, so go out of your way uh, to live at peace, um, but let the, the wrath of God, let God sort some of those things out. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit's got to do this next part. If your enemy's hungry, feed them. Like that is not something I naturally would do in the flesh. Uh, I'm, I'm, don't say that pri- uh, full of pride. It's it's the opposite. But uh, And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Um, do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, uh, peace is present when we actually follow the the spirit in this instead mm-hmm. of the flesh and, um, allowing God to do the work that he desires to do in that moment. Any thoughts on that passage as we're, there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a loaded one. We're it's only, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I agree. And it's, it's, uh, difficult and I agree. It's a work of the spirit. Um, and letting God do what he does, you know, part of making us wait as well in that theme. Um, you know, this is one of those that's um, one of those commandments that's just tough, you know. Like mm-hmm. when Jesus, I mean, you, you mentioned Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, bless those who curse you, mm-hmm. pray for your enemies. You know, all these statements that just kind of suck the air out of you a little bit or a lot of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and for good measure. And um you mind if we jump over to Proverbs 6? No, let's do it. Great. And I think this this relates to this as it talks about, uh, here it's a, a warning against adultery, but I think it relates generally to commandments and the things that God commands us to do. I think often we, you know, I don't, I don't know what we, what are all the ways we think ourselves out of thinking the commandments of the Lord are profitable. Um, you know, there's, some thought that says, Oh, God just wants to steal our joy and give us no fun. Or God just wants us to have a hard life or God wants this or God wants that. And this says, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart. Always. That makes me think of when David says, I've stored your word up in my heart. It says, tie them around your neck. And when you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. And so commandments, what the word of the Lord has spoken, what God has spoken to us, when we walk, it'll lead us. When we lie down, it'll watch over us. And when we awake, it will talk with us. For the commandment, here it is, is a lamp. It, 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 it brightens our path. And then teaching a light, meaning without it, you're in darkness. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So when he says, bless those who persecute you, it's a way of life. It's, it's the way he's calling us to. Um, when he says that, it's a, as, as is said elsewhere in scripture, it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Like these are the commandments. And so we're to wear them around our necks. We're to keep them close to our heart always. And I just think this is a, like, like we said, uh, blessing those who persecute us and passing the peace along to them is really difficult, but this is this is why, <laughs> you know, this is part of why we do this. So let's take the commandments of the Lord, specifically this one, both the uh, make our request made known to him, like we wear that around our necks that uh, when fear creeps in and when our peace goes away, we make our request made known to the Lord and we ask for his peace that surpasses understanding. Like he said it, and we can... We can hold God to his word in prayer. Like, Lord, you said this. Please give it to me. Please, I need it. Please give it to me. 
and believe that he will. Again, we covered a couple weeks ago, asking anything in his name and it will be done for us. And so let's bind it on our hearts, tie it around our necks. And when we do that, when we walk, they'll lead us. And when we lie down, they'll watch over us. And when you awake, they will talk with you. And the point there is like, God has you and God will give you his peace and God will watch over you and lead you. And he does talk to us through his word. So any closing thoughts there? Yeah. Psalm 120 is the Psalm of Ascent that we uh, covered. And I just wanted to read just verse one um, where the author says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me, Mm. Um, which kind of sums up exactly what you just said turning back to God and trusting he's going to answer. And he, he does care when we're in distress, when mm-hmm. our peace is gone, he does want us to run to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being very mindful that his invitation is to bring all those things to him and to find him as the author and source of peace. So, and we thank you for listening to us this week. Um, we pray that we're able to do another episode next week. We shall see. And uh, we look forward to uh, what God is doing Uh, in all the aspects of our lives where we live, work, and play. May his kingdom shine brightly. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.